As humans, we all have areas of life to explore. The relationships with ourselves, others, our health, money, and our work are all crucial to not only our happiness, but our growth and ultimately helping you be your own magic. On Life, the podcast, we explore these relationships with some pretty dope humans and have some amazing conversations. I'm Ash, your coach and your host. Let's get into today's show. This week's conversation, it was it was good, y'all. It was very powerful, uh, eye-opening. I hope that you listen to this conversation and take away the power of strength in women when faced with things that they didn't plan for. I got to talk with someone who I consider a friend, an amazing mother, daughter. She just talks about her journey through life and motherhood and finding power in who she's becoming every single day. You need to listen to this. It will give you so much perspective. I hope you take away, walk away from this conversation with all that I walked away from it with. Her name is Serena and yeah, let's go. Serena, tell me, who are you in 10 seconds? Hello. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, I would say, first and foremost, I am a child of God. I am a selfless, loving person. A woman who has learned and grown so much that I can now say I am strong, mostly because I have to be, but I am also still very much fragile and need to be handled with care and consideration. Ooh, that was powerful. That was very powerful. Like, I've known you a very long time. So the fact that you're saying you're strong now is, I respect it, but I've, I've watched you go through some things and I would say you were just as strong then as you are now. And I guess then I did not know because it was never a plan or a thought of mine to have to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I'm going to get back to that in, in a second. I, I want to touch into that. But like, um, this show is about relationships. And I asked you, what relationships did you want to focus in on? And you said the relationship with yourself and your health. So when did you realize that these relationships were important? Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so emotions are huge. Um, I am a very much emotion-filled person. I have learned that emotions can take you through extremes. Um, my lowest point, I was down to about 92, 98 pounds. And I think then that was when people begin to see that something was wrong. Like the things I have been yeah. hiding and holding up so much it just all just kind of began to show and 92 pounds as, yes, an, adult? as an adult woman yes okay <laughs> not probably less than i weighed in high school so if that puts anything into comparison so it was then 
not even in that moment, but after, and then the reactions of people kind of looking at me like, are you okay? Are you okay? Then you swing the pendulum to the other side of it. And I was up to 145 pounds. So it's just Mm -hmm. that relationship of the stress and trying to hold and hide things. And it became to, it came to a point where it was showing on the outside. So people could tell like something's not right. Like you're not your normal looking self. Um, and I realized I had to take control of my relationship with myself and begin to prioritize me. And that's hard when you are so used to neglecting yourself or just leaving yourself for last or cutting corners when it comes to yourself, because it's just easier than to let someone else down. And But but who are these someone else's? Because you didn't set, tell us like that you'd be letting down. Right. So at the time, um, being married, having two young boys, like a nursing mom with a toddler. And so it's just, you know, you're tired. You're bending over. Like I suffered from chronic back issues. Just all the things that just begin to deteriorate. And I just remember people being like, oh, you have to secure your oxygen mask first. And it's just like, yeah, okay, I hear that. But I can't even reach mine right now. Like, this is just literally me trying Mm. to survive. And it wasn't until, embarrassingly enough, really COVID, that it just hit me to the point of, I can't do this by myself. Um, Being locked, as we all know, in the house 24-7, doing virtual learning, working full-time, no outlets, no nothing, because we're literally all together, the boys and I all together all the time and you're working right you were you it's not like you had the luxury of not having to show up professionally yep I had I don't even know countless breakdowns um and just realized like this is not healthy I had already seen myself at both extremes and I was just like I cannot let that happen one because the boys are here 24 7 there's no oh, let me just go downstairs for a moment and cry. He says, mommy, mommy, what are you doing? Are you okay? Why do your eyes look like that? So it's just, there's no hiding. They're at this age now where you just, they know. They know me. How old are they? So now they are eight and 10, about to be nine and 11. Mm. Yes, so we are very much fully aware, preteen. <laughs> yeah, everything. So wait, okay, so... I want to like rewind just a bit. You, one of the things you said was at the time married. So you are no longer married. Correct. You went through a divorce. You were in a marriage that I mean to a lot of people from the outside looking in was like, oh, wow. She's living the dream life. What, like everything changed. We're not going to get into that, but let's talk about like everything changed for you. Mm-hmm. And here you are with at the time two small boys yes doing it alone how did you cope with that yes wow um it was not easy I think the biggest decision for me was making the decision to leave um I had spent several years making lemonade if you will and to the outside, it just looked like, oh, that's, you know, a pretty glass of lemonade drinking, right. but it was more sour and bitter batches than sweet. Some delicious country time. Is right. What it looked like. that, 
know, the glass, a little frosted, all of that. But it was not, it was not good. Um, I really hadn't planned on anything beyond that happily ever after, because that was just what I was, you know, getting to at that age. And and it's what you've seen in your, with your correct, parents. Yes. My parents have been married for over yeah. 50 years and wow. growing up in hindsight, I had a lot of false realities. Um, I'm a person that when I put my mind to something, I'm going to do it. And for whatever reasons, I told myself I was going to go to school, get a job and be married by 25. <laughs> and I think a lot did you check all the boxes? Right, exactly. It was just like, okay, hey, cool. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And it was that thinking, that mindset that led me down a path where I really didn't stop to ask the questions, um, to wait and or pray or ask God. I just kind of did it. So essentially, I went mm-hmm. left when I should have gone right. Um, I don't believe in mistakes, just really hard lessons. And mm-hmm. when that happily ever after didn't happen, like those moments were so fleeting and like few and far between, it just got harder and harder for me. But I think what you were asking is like, when did that change? And for me, it was when my oldest son at the time, who was maybe two, maybe said to me, and I will never forget it because it was like one of those moments as a mom when you're trying to just go into your closet and have that moment where you're just hurting, but you don't want anyone to know. Yeah, I just remember him coming and he was just like, mommy, daddy make you cry? And it was just, I knew at that moment, that was not the version of me that I wanted for my two boys. Oh. So, I mean, <laughs> it, oh, take a breath. Take a it, breath. It took some, take a breath. <laughs> and that was hard. But it, yeah, and you still remember it like it was yesterday, yeah. which I think is all the more confirmation for you to continue to choose yourself first every day, right. because you know who you want them to see. Right. Yeah, and that was just like a huge turning point for me. It was like, okay, you can put on your big girl panties. And do what you need to do because they're looking at you. They're watching you, you know, and you want to show up as your best self for them every day, as hard as it is, but they are my reasons why. So often we forget that kids are so smart and so perceptive and yes, they can feel what we're feeling. Like they, We carry them. Mm-hmm. They feel it. They know it. And no matter how hard we try to hide. Um, yeah. So, like, kudos to you for choosing you. And continuing to choose you every day. Right. Which I know is not easy. No. Because you are now a single mother. Yeah. <laughs> and you are a Black woman mm-hmm. that has worked really hard on your professional career. Like, how do you overcome those challenges being a mom, a woman, and a Black woman in the workplace? Like, how do you overcome all that? Starting over, I think, as, because I was working before, but it's different when 
you're in a double income home. So starting over as a single mother with two children, I think it put a fear in me early on in my career. So much so that I felt like I had to go above and beyond in every single aspect because I never wanted that stereotype of being that, oh, she's a single Black mother. She, you know, she's divorced. Oh my goodness. Like, how does she do it? Like all, like, I never wanted that to be what people saw. So I would put up this almost facade of at one point, not telling people up front that I had kids because I didn't want them to be like, oh, well, she's not wearing a ring. Like what, what do you mean? Because one in my field, I am maybe like one of three black women. Typically it's changed a lot, but very few and far between. So I didn't want to be ostracized because of these things. I wanted people to see me for the work that I was bringing for what I was bringing Mm. to the table and not pity me for what I didn't have. Mm. Um, So that was difficult because in those circles, because a lot of people that I worked with, because the job at the time allowed me, because I had to be honest to an extent, like I'm going through some things in my marriage I need to relocate. And my boss at the time was, you know, super understanding. And she was like, we will figure it out. They actually allowed me to move and keep my job remotely at the time. So there wasn't. This was pre-pandemic. It wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. (laughs) So the path really began to fall in place, even though I felt like I was free falling. I landed on my feet each and every time. And that, I attribute to just my relationship with God, like the prayers, like had it not been, I would not be here today because those were some very hard, very dark, unexpected moments. And also just still not wanting, I think almost in shock that it had happened and not wanting people to like have pity, I guess is just the thing. Like I just, yeah, want that because so many people, like you were saying, saw something, and I was like, I literally held such an image when that's not at all what was going on behind the scenes. And it's difficult when you do that; it's exhausting because you're just having to be on all the time. Yeah. So once I begin to put that down and accept and kind of walk in my truth of okay. Yes, I am divorced, but I am healing. And I today, I can tell you I am 10,000 times happier and healthier. But it took time, lots and lots yeah. of time in therapy to get there. But professionally and just managing through trying to go above and beyond, I think that was the hardest Um I went from just a working mom to an overworking mom and had to reset my entire lifestyle. Um, I never, like I said before, thought to myself of having to do it alone because those thoughts of fears of like, what if I lost my job? What if I got sick or hurt and couldn't provide for them? Like, what happens then? Like, am I... Like, you know, those thoughts of fear. Yeah. 
you go straight to worst case scenario. It's like, okay, this is all on me. Um, so I realized I couldn't continue to stay in a space of um, fear. And that's where the prayers came in and the faith and the friends and just having to be vulnerable. And I think that's where and in those spaces of vulnerability where I've learned the most because allowing people to see that because if people don't know where you are, they can't really meet you there. Mm. And being that way, I can't even say like how many friends, unfortunately, that have gone through similar things and, you know, out of the blue, people from 15 years or so, you know, that just follow on Facebook would even be like, hey, um, do you mind if I talk to you for a moment? And then just pour out the same stories. And I would just share and they're just like, oh my gosh, you're so strong. And I remember having a call, a friend with one of my friends from a call with one of my friends from college. And she was like, I had no idea. She was just like, it went from, you know, the family photos to then just you. But it was a slow transition. <laughs> it was so subtle that I didn't even know. But like for you, and who I see or how she was explaining and how she sees me today, she was just like, I would never know that you went through something like that. So that in itself has also helped me to become strong because now I see that even when I was in my most broken form, like being honest about those times and so many women who have gone through that. And it's the silent suffering that I would love for people to not have to go through because it's hard. You handled it. Yeah. You handled it with such strength and grace and not, not being messy. Cause a lot of times people get messy online mm -hmm. and that is the image that a lot that, that, a lot of us see we don't get to see this person who's going through things right who steps into like their truth but does it in such a graceful way right. <laughs> you know you 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 did it you did it you did it well <laughs> right so thank you thank you because it, it's hard to accept because what is good what is well like you really just survived through it and I just did not want it to define or break me and like I said in the workplace you can't show up with all of that and it was extremely hard I remember countless times when everything was still very fresh and sitting in conference rooms with you know married people at work and, you know, you're trying to participate, but the conversations are very much like non-inclusive conversations of, oh, my husband and I, yeah, we're going to take the kids to Disney. And I'm like, meanwhile, the boys and I are having French Fry Fridays because that was budget friendly at the time. But it was in those moments that I had that mattered to us. Because while I couldn't take them to the Disney trips or the, you know, safaris in Africa, because that just wasn't in the yeah. single mom budget. I looked for the opportunities for us to just connect. And it was those matters that moments that still matter to me and us today. Like we still very much have French Fry Friday or Saturdays when necessary, but <laughs> it's just those little things of just spending time and exposing them, not to a lot, because a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, Rainy, you're always so busy. And it was just like, 
I'm doing the things within my means, you know, to keep them happy, to keep them healthy and in their mental state, because there was so much change and so much going Mm -hmm. on during the early stages of their life. And so a couple things, like one, I I just want to repeat what you just said, like, like finding joy in the moments and the time that you all can spend together. That's so important. But the second thing I want I, I want people to take away is you make it look easy. You really do. But thank you for that clarification around I do what is within my means mm-hmm. to help th- help them grow emotionally and cope. And even as they get older and it's been year oh, some years now they're still going through emotional shifts and changes and and it's it's it doesn't get easier no it just it's different it just changes okay (laughs) go from the phase when they're babies and they can't communicate so it's just the crying and the whining and the pulling on you to the toddler i'll do it myself attitude tantrums and you're just like let me help you and then uh, (laughs) they need you but you don't know how to help them sometimes. And I think that's the stage that I'm entering now, especially with my preteen, because they don't really want to communicate, but you can outwardly see that something is wrong, but then they'll shrug and be like, no, it's fine. But understanding, and I think the foundation that I've built with them to know when something is really wrong, that I attribute to those moments and times and the spaces that I created in the chaos. Man. So do you have conversations with the boys? Um, Because I I have a daughter, so it's very different. I have a son, but he's like, he can't talk. Of course, you know that. But (laughs) (laughs) do you have conversations with them about your professional aspirations and the importance of pursuing pursuing goals? So like they understand like why mommy's working so hard. And like, if so, what does it look like? Yes. So I think the working component to touch on in COVID, because it painted this false reality to them of all I do is work because they were in the house. They saw me at my desk. It was also at the time when companies were still adjusting to what it meant. There was a hard line of what's working hours when it's not because it was just everything just kind of mushed together we were all just you wake up you go to your desk and I felt like I was down there constantly yeah to the point they were like all you do is work and I was like oh my gosh like I never wanted that to be who they saw me as because I didn't feel that way and so I had to become even more conscious of working hours and then time with them because they don't understand let's just say nine to five, if they're coming downstairs and asking you for a snack and you're on a call trying to like mouth to them to go upstairs and be quiet. It was just, it was difficult because they just don't understand that. So I created spaces and time where I could and explaining to them because I never want to parent from assumptions. Like I always Hmm. try to explain my whys with things and you know the youngest one he'll test and try you every time but for most part they got it 
And so it was just like, if you need something, bring down like a red card. So like communication is so key in this house because I never want things to be misconstrued. Um, or so I'm taking notes. Never parent from assumptions. Correct. <laughs> it's just, you can't. Um, and then realizing in that time too, I couldn't do it by myself because I always want what's best for them. Their happiness means the world to me. And now I realize my happiness is just as, if not more important, because it then trickles down. Yeah. I hired help. And when I tell you, it took probably about four or five different trials of finding that perfect person. But when I found her, she was literally the Mary Poppins of my <laughs> life. She came in, she loved the boys just almost like a big sister and she's still very much a part of our lives and had it not even been for her coming in again I don't think I would have made it through because Aww. I didn't know how much I needed it yeah so yeah you know ooh, you better than me because I think you said four or five times I would have been like I'm over this I don't want anybody else in my <laughs> house after the first or second one <sighs> but that is the definition of sticking with it and getting what you need. And you, you found, you found your person and that, that moms don't feel guilty about asking for and receiving help. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Cause there, I mean, are still very much times where I find myself trying to take on everything, everything. And not wanting to say no, because I'm such a, which I'm working on in therapy, the people pleaser. <laughs> and I think even most recently, um, for the first time in my career, I was 100, maybe even 1000% vulnerable. And I told my boss that like, I, I, I can't. And that was something that I'd never, because you, you, as a black woman, like we feel as though we have to take on yeah. all things all the time. Yep. And it just had gotten to a point with work. Like it was, I was not balanced. I was not myself. I hated the person I was becoming because I was just stressed, tired and everything else. So I literally had a, word vomit to my boss and I was like oh my gosh what did I just say I'm about to get fired because I just admit <laughs> too much I can't do all the things they're asking me to do that I said I was done like you know doing and she's looking at me like but you just did it all and how did you do it all and I was just like I don't know but I cannot do this anymore and leaving that conversation I felt so relieved almost free because I had become so accustomed to that if I don't who will that get it done no matter what Serena and that is such an unhealthy and toxic place to be and I get it as single mothers we typically take that role on because again who else is gonna do it like if yeah. you don't who will and it's just, it's, it's not a place where I want or can operate out of because when I get there, it's just, I'm not 
filling anyone's cup. It's just, everything's just knocked over. It's just total chaos because I'm pouring from an empty cup and there's just nothing, just nothing to pour, yeah. bitterness. No one wants that. So I think that was a pivotal time in my career, um, starting off this year, because had I not been placed at this company, um, again, through many prayers, like I have finally found a place that as a single mother, as a woman, as like someone who wants a balanced lifestyle, this company that I work for now holds true to their values and all of those things. So immediately they put a plan in place, like things have been alleviated, things have shifted. It has given me more time and mental space to grow Mm -hmm. um, in my career and also personally. And Aside from saying prayers and serving an amazing God, like, I don't know how else those things happen. <laughs> because in most instances, you go to your boss and you're just like, I can't do this. This is too much. They'd be like, okay, here's the door. Thank you for playing. Yes. yes. Yeah. But that was not the case. And I know my prayers <laughs> have been heard um, in so many aspects. And I think that's where, when a lot of people are like, how do you do it? It just goes back to a very strong prayer life. And I was going to ask you, how do you maintain that positive and optimistic outlook? <laughs> prayer. Because <laughs> it's just prayer and now self-care, I guess you could say. Because self-care was a very, very, very hard, hard thing for me to prioritize. Um, But I think I have found kind of where my strength lies and it's in that vulnerability in all areas because I am not at all a superwoman and (laughs) I'm like I have no superpowers none of that um I am a woman that works hard and one that also needs a break and I think I'm more self-aware now coming out of COVID um, because that was just probably my breaking point and then needing to choose myself. And so what I did that summer when the boys went to uh, visit their dad for the summer, that was probably the first time coming out of COVID. And I was just like, I'm going away. I'm going away. I'm going to take 30 days of just complete solitude to myself. And everyone was looking at me like, I'm sorry, what? And I had no idea what it was going to be like, what I was going to do. I just knew I needed a time out. Yeah. And so I decided where I was going and I spent 30 days in Mexico. And it was perfect absolutely perfect i it was there where i found myself again um asking yourself like what do i like to do like literally being able to sit and wake up in the morning and not have someone asking you i'm hungry i want this (laughs) it took probably about a day and a half to just wake up and not have to be needed immediately right adjusting to that what of always having to be on and doing for someone every day, all day, basically. And I found just complete peace in the stillness. 
and joy again of just walking and appreciating the fact that I can walk, getting up and just hearing the ocean and just, you know, meeting different people and just falling in love with myself again. Because, you know, like you wake up, it was, I didn't wear makeup. I just literally, it was just a health and mental time where I just poured into myself and prayer time and meditation. It was just the best 30 days ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sounds very cliche, I know, but... It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think one thing people need to understand is, like, you planned this time for yourself. It wasn't like you woke up and said, oh, I'm going here. You were very thoughtful in your approach and just planning it and making it happen. Um so that that's that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> do you okay? Do you schedule like you can't do that every day, every month? Right. So now, mm-hmm. do you like schedule your self care to make sure that you're still doing it, or do you just kind of say, you know what, today's the day. I need I need some time right. for me. It's easier said than done, but I did make that promise to myself when I was there. I was just like. I can create these Cabo moments in my home life, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday. Um, And so what I did when I got back was, okay, what are two evenings where I can take to myself to do whatever it is I want to do, even if it's just two hours or three hours. And so I put that into place. So two nights a week, I have three hours to do whatever it is I want to do with that time. And then on the weekends, because again, having two active boys, you've got sports, you've got all of those things. So it's hard a lot of times to find that time, but living such busy lives, it's kind of like, you want to still be present for the boys. You want to do this, you want to do that. But instead of parenting or like being present out of guilt, I was like, no, it's still important. Even on the weekends, if we're busy for me to take an hour to go work out or an hour to go for a walk or an hour to just talk to friends or whatever it is that I want to do with my time. You know, that's what I put in place. And I told the boys the same thing because they're together all the time. And so it's important that they find things individually to do and have me time, us time, game Mm -hmm. time. Like Paxton gets very much into it. I will say like he has named all of his calendar time, which tells me, you know, it's rubbing off on him, but it's just carving out the time because it's very easy to be like, oh my gosh, like I want to go to the spa. I want to do something for myself. But if you don't make the time or plan ahead of time, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big planner. If it's not on a calendar, it doesn't exist right. in my world. And that's, I, I'm a little too rigid in that, in that like, I, I don't, I'm not a very spontaneous person. So when somebody's like, Hey, do you want to do this? My mind has been set on doing nothing all day. So no, I don't right. want to do it. I got to get better, but <laughs> working on that. <laughs> okay. Baby. So I'll oh, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. All right. So what advice would you give to others who are struggling to find their footing in their professional and their personal or, and or personal lives? I think if it's someone who struggles like myself of wanting 
to be all things to all people or to show up for everything or just always having to feel like you're going above and beyond or that you have to be strong. Like, no, you don't. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not do everything. It's okay to say, no, I can't. And for a lot of new mothers, I think the biggest thing is it is okay to prioritize yourself over your kids sometimes. And it is okay to take that personal time. Like there is no medal. There is yeah. nothing. Purple no heart. award for being the best mom in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an award show we don't have you know a dinner none of that you have to take that time for yourself and do whatever it is that you need to do so that you can show up as your best self for your kids yourself yeah friends family spouse work whomever whatever roles you play just that vulnerability yeah. um i think is what's most essential yeah so what do you hope to teach your, your boys about the value of hard work, determination, resilience through your example of, you know, I was going to say as a single mother, but is that even how you want them to see you like you as a woman? Mm -hmm. Right. I want them to see me very much. Yes. As a woman, someone who loves them, who shows up in every way possible, I want them to always feel like they can do basically anything. There's very much a no quit in this household. Yeah. We can talk about things. And if it's something that you don't like, okay, but we're not just going to stop something because it's the, you know, the shrug of, I don't, I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, let's talk because we're not just going to give up on something. Like we're going to mm -hmm. figure out what the root of it is. Um, because a lot of times people quit too soon on things or you don't dig deep enough to truly uncover something. So I just want them to always be curious and explore and to work hard, even though you may not feel like it. Because again, working from home, I don't really hide sometimes how I feel where it's just like, I'm tired. Or if it's like, I still have to sign on with work. Like, okay, guys, I work hard so that we can do the things that we do. Yeah. But this is not something that I would love to do just because. Right. Like, I would love to win the lottery so that we right. can just do whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So hard work is very much important. And I think it's not something you can really <laughs> preach to children, but it's something that they can see. And it's in the day-to-day -day and understanding like, oh, she does this so that we can do this or we can have this. And teaching them to not take things for granted because kids nowadays are far more privileged and spoiled. Like they get to go to target and get a gift. I remember back in the day we had to wait until Christmas or our birthday before we could. And so now so, it's so hard to like shop for gifts because they have everything. Have everything. Yes. They don't even know. Like, and it, it's different. And so a lot of that is just me showing and exposing. I think even just from the smallest to the largest thing. Like, I just think exposure for them is so important. Which you do such a great job at. <laughs> you do oh, such a you. great job. Um, so I know that you 
are a professional woman, but I also know that you are a talented woman, very talented. I come to you for help on things. (laughs) Do you have any passion projects in the work? So over the last couple of years, I have kind of had this on my heart for women and mostly single women, most pointedly, because a lot of people just assume things. And I realize now over time that my story and things that I've gone through, it's not exactly, you know, everyone has their journey, but for how people perceived mine versus the reality, I think there's a lot of, there's a story to tell there. And there's so much that I've learned. And even from where I sit today that I just want to share, because let's just be honest, there's a lot of wonderful, magnificent single women in this world. And we're all kind of like, what in the world is going on in the dating pool? Mm -hmm. And so I'm working on you know, a little something there to help inspire those women um, and secondarily single mothers, because that's a whole different layer when it comes yes, to dating. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a couple of things. I'm excited. In the I can't yeah, wait. I so. can't wait. You'll be back. Right. You'll be back. <laughs> okay. So, man, thank you so much for this today. I got one final question for you. This has been a really great interview. I appreciate you bringing your best self, the the truth, the vulnerability. I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> so I'm I am thankful for that. What do you hope that listeners take away from this interview today that will help them on their journey to becoming their own magic? Again, leading with vulnerability. Because at the end of the day, there is, is not. not a medal for showing up as not yourself. And I think it was, yes, Brene Brown. You can't get to courage without walking through vulnerability. Mm. So there's strength in your vulnerability. And don't be afraid to rest there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me and getting me to talk through all of this and continue to share. Yeah, I know it was out of your comfort zone, but it was it was one of the best interviews yet. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am Ash, your coach on all platforms at Ash, your coach, A-S-H-Y-O-U-R-C-O-A-C-H. You can also visit ashyourcoach.com. Make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, comment. Tell me what you want to see more of. This is an amazing show with amazing humans, and I am glad that you are a part of it. See you guys next time.